Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dirt and Sprague on Football Friday on 1080 The Fan. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song he sweeps along. Swaggering boisterously. This is a Football Friday edition of Dirt and Sprague. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, follow 1080 The Fan, and enable push notifications to get the latest on the Ducks, Beavers, Blazers, and more. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here on a beautiful Football Friday. It's going to be nice uh, this weekend to have a little rain in our lives and Give us even more excuses to be sitting on our couch doing nothing but watching college and NFL football. Hey, speak for yourself, buddy. I'm going to be roaming the sidelines of Autzen Stadium. So you'll be watching football? Yeah, but not on my couch. Oh, okay. I'm going to be out there on the pavement. I can't wait for you to be so wet that you get to a point where you go, I kind of wish I was warm with some soup right now watching this game. I'm hoping it doesn't rain too much because I do truly enjoy watching games from the sideline. But if it's raining a ton, I got I to gotta go up to the box. See, I actually, I, I would want to be in the box the entire time. I like being down on the field. I mean, it's it, it's cool. There's a cool element of being on the field. You can feel the noise yeah. so much more on the field. The momentum of the game, the but swings. I, I like overlooking the play. Like, I like when on TV you can't see it, but when you get the all-22 view of the fan, you can see the receiver getting open. Oh, my God, he's open, he's open, he's open. Yeah. Yeah, that is the press box view. You're you're up there. You can see everything. Um, so we have a lot to get into. Wayne Cook's going to join us at 7:30. Crunch time at 7:45. Anthony Q. Newman an hour from now. I want to ask you one more game day question. So Sabrina Inescu is going to be the celebrity guest game day picker. Yep. They've set up shop. The tents are built. Everybody's here. They're in town. Do you? Are you more prone to want to watch something you normally don't like game day? I think a decent portion of our our audience, excuse me, watches this on a regular basis. But I guess I would ask you, and this is kind of a question for me too, we're not people, we admittedly say, I don't really watch anymore. It's not something I feel like I need to wake up and see on my TV. I get some stuff done, I see the schedule, and I determine when I want to start watching college football. I'm not one of those, like, I start at 9 a.m., right. Indiana and and Northwestern. I'm not one of those guys. If it's not a good game, I'll wait to the good game. Are you going to wake up? Well, you'll be doing a pregame, but I guess in, if you weren't, 
in general, would you want to watch this because it's in Eugene? Uh, no, it's not because it's in Eugene, although it is fun to have it on your campus. Like, there's there's buzz down there. It's cool for the students. That's mainly what it's for. They're trying to do a toga party thing. All the students, they want them to wear togas. You know McAfee's going to be in a McAfee's toga. McAfee's going to be in a toga. But, I mean, I said it earlier this week, and I remember saying it when the announcement was made. I'm, I'm a big fan of Pat McAfee. I, I love his show, I, uh, the, the kind of younger generation that he brings into the media audience, um, the fun that he has with all of his co-hosts and that stuff. That was a brilliant hire by ESPN. ESPN largely gets caught up in hiring new personalities that are vanilla former players. Oh, he's been there. He knows, right? Let's go get that guy. And then you get somebody that has the personality of a cardboard, and I don't, I don't want to listen to them. I don't care what that guy had to say just because he was good 15 years ago. Pat McAfee is a character, man. And I, he's I'm a not, wrestler. He's, he's a wrestler. He's, a wrestler. he's just media. he's hilarious. Yeah. He's like last week they were in Tennessee, Alabama. He's jumping off a boat into the whatever damn rivers next to Knoxville, in Tennessee, and overalls, right? Like saying go Vols. So he he is a character. I'm not gonna, the kind of guy that's going to get up at six o'clock in the morning and watch the entire thing. But with him being on the show, I'm now the guy that wakes up and when I get up, I put it on game day. Whether that's at 7.30, 8 o'clock, every Saturday is different for me depending on what my work schedule looks like. This weekend obviously will be different because I'm going to be on the road at about 5 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, so I won't be able to watch any of the show. But if I were sitting around and not doing that, yeah, I'd get up and watch a chunk of the show. Mainly just because of him. More Pat McAfee, less Lee Corso is a great recipe for college game day. Yeah, I mean, we, we made our feelings known on the Corso thing. It's not a disrespect. It's just a... It's a little uncomfortable for me. Yes. I, I feel they just need to have a camera on him at his house. Like, get him up a little a little thing. And I, have I, him, I don't need any of it. At the end of the show, put on a mascot head and say, go whoever. Like, there you go. Who's Corso's pick? All right, hey, there's okay. your mascot head. Do I, that. I, I don't need any of it. Yeah. I, I McAfee was clearly hired to be the Corso, the, you know, the guy that has the personality that gets the crowd up or gets the crowd to boo and whatever. That's clearly what it is. They just won't outright say that. Um but yeah, it's interesting from Duck fan to see if they wake up. Do you wake up at your house? If you're not going down for that game. You're excited for it at twelve thirty, and you just watch the whole thing. I think people tend to do that with their school. Like Oregon State got it one time, and that was because of the Ducks. You're welcome. Uh, thank you. And I did it. I checked it out. I had a media pass. I stood next to the stage the whole time. Eh. Overrated. Yeah, I... overrated experience. Not that great, but. You know, for people who haven't experienced it, I'm I think sure they're going to the have key. a good time. That's the key. And I think that's where it's mainly – the game day was smart to move it back over to the campus side instead of having it by Autzen because I'll never forget, my freshman year, they played Arizona State. This was the Dixon injury year before he got hurt. He ended up getting hurt at the end of that game. But game day came to town for the Arizona State game. And me and buddies got up and walked over at 4 o'clock in the morning to go be in oh, – this is a big deal. It was the first time game day had been around in Eugene for a while. The game that night, though – didn't kick until 5 o'clock. It was the primetime ABC game. And so game day, we were there from 6 to 9, did the whole thing. And you get done with it, you're like, all right, that was, you know, you stand, you cheer. But you can't really tell what's going on. There's this big stage in front of you. So it's just it's kind of a weird thing in that regard. And then we ended up staying at the stadium and drinking until 5 o'clock. I was going to say, but the whiskey gets passed around at 5 a.m. <laughs> yes, because yes. people are cold and they want to warm up. And then you start... I mean, it's pitch dark out when that show starts. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. And the buzz starts going. And then before you know it, you're kind of drunk. You're like, it's 9 a.m. The sun came up. Game day! Let's go get some eggs. <laughs> like, that's kind of what it turns into. And then yeah. you have, like, a mid-afternoon nap. And then you rally and you get it going again. It's It could be a long day. Um, I'm going to tell you something, and I think you're going to enjoy this. And I think every Duck fan's going to enjoy this. I have no real explanation. I'm feeling real confident about UCLA's chances to win this game. Oh, okay. So I think that makes you feel better. I mean, it doesn't really make me feel either way. Well, Sprague Jinx could be alive and well. I think it, it, yeah. keep an eye on is what I would say. <laughs> Ask me why I feel this way. My answer will be, 
you know, uh, UCLA beat Utah, and that's a good win, <laughs> and they got a lot of experience. I, I've gone through it, man. I, I've read articles. I've, I've gone through the numbers. Uh-huh. Everybody's going to have their opinion on this, and largely our audience, I think, is obviously going to lean with the, the green and yellow here, and I totally get it. They very well could win this game. I'm just going with – I think this UCLA team is is ready for the road environment. I have no evidence to back that up. Um, these teams are pretty evenly matched in a lot of areas, but Chip's never won in Eugene. And, I, you know, I caught wind of a couple Chip things the last couple weeks, and he won't ever say this stuff publicly – I think he he wants to get this one. This is his last game against Oregon. Maybe ever. Unless they meet in a Pac-12 championship Unless game. they meet in yeah. the Pac-12 championship game. But I think he's viewing it that way. He's never beaten Oregon in his return. This is his third time coming. This is his most experienced squad ever. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm going on the UCLA train. I have a confidence that doesn't make any sense. And so I think that should make Duck fan feel great about that. Well, I'd feel good about Oregon's chances to win. So there, you dumbass. There you go. I, you know, I think he's, what, 0-4 uh, since coming back to UCLA against Oregon. And his best chance, well, COVID year, they should, should have probably won that game. Well, they didn't, uh, though. But I mean, they, we, didn't. they didn't. You can say that about sure, it. But it was a COVID year. It was stupid. They also had a great chance to win the game last year. And DTR got hurt late in that game. They were up 14-0 early. It looked like they were going to boat race Oregon. They were wearing the stupid eggshell jerseys. And it's like, oh, God, here we go. And Oregon found a way back into that game and then got a stop late against a backup quarterback. So he had a great chance to beat him last year as well. So he's, he's been knocking on the door. Um, I can't blame anybody for liking UCLA in this game. Like, it doesn't make me feel either way. If you like UCLA to win this game, they're good. UCLA's a good team. I saw a number. I was reading a piece uh, from Pat Forty on SI. Mm-hmm. The average starter for UCLA, this number blew me away. Oh, the 40 P. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, average yeah. starter for UCLA has played 37.2 college games. Yeah. 37.2. That's like, a lot of experience. That man. is insane. So as, as much as I want to point to, hey, they haven't really been tested on the road. They haven't had to go on the road. This is a new experience for them outside of going to Colorado, which is basically like a scrimmage. This is going to be a challenge. Well, the counter-argument to that is these guys have played a ton of college football. The average starter has played basically four full seasons. You play 12 games a year. I mean, that adds up quickly. You're already at 37.2 for the average starter. Um, I, the, the one thing that I am hoping for the game, and I don't want to feed too much into your argument, but it is that I hope that weather doesn't have a big impact on it. I, I hope that it stays somewhat dry. It's going to rain a little bit in Eugene, but you don't want a downpour. You don't want, you know, weird somebody dropping a punt, right, because it's wet and then setting somebody up on the 10-yard line, and that ends up being the game-winning score. I don't want the game to play out that way because I think there's a chance that this is one of the best games of the college football season. I think you have two offenses that are playing rem- at a remarkably high level right now. You have a chance for a lot of points, a lot of explosive plays two experienced quarterbacks that have been through a lot of ups and downs in their career and that are putting it all together this season. And as long as the weather holds off just a hair, we got a chance for an incredible game tomorrow. I I don't want to derail the conversation from Oregon UCLA. Dos Minutos, thank you, Swigard. Um, I just want to note, for the show's purposes, I love that you're kind of secretly on my side on the dome theory in football. I just love top-end <laughs> football being played, and I hate when weather plays a factor here. I get it. It's football. It's here's, where I'm in, here's where I'm incredibly no, biased. Hold on, hold it's on. my team. I don't want it to affect oh, my see, team. But you can't, you can't, you see, know other games, I love on. watching rain and yeah. snow. I don't mind because I don't care who wins you're that game. But on. when it's my no, team, no, I, no, come no, on, let's keep, let's keep it dry. Your point is correct. No matter how I feel or you feel or anybody else feels, the one thing we all agree, I think this is going to be a damn good football game. I, I All week, I, like, the only scenario I paint in my head is I'm trying to make sense of these two di- teams and, like, their schedule differences and one's been on the road, the other's not largely been on the road. And it's just so hard to gauge all that. The only scenario I see this not being a one-score game 
is like UCLA down five, for example, getting to Oregon Territory deep. Uh, Charbonnet fumble scoop. Oh, Jerry Allen calling a uh, scoop and score. Ducks win by 13. You know what I mean? Like where the score is not indicative of what the football game is. Other than that, like you mentioned 40's uh, note of the experience of UCLA. We know what Oregon like averaging right now after George is like 42 points a game. Um, we can go through all the metrics, man, but I just have a hard time. Conley's model is like one and a half point difference between mm-hmm. them. I have a hard time seeing any one of these teams and hold this for Monday's show. I just have a hard time seeing the other blow each other out. I think this could be a good quality football game. I won't be shocked. I don't know if the score will rival it, but I won't be shocked if we get a USC-Utah type game. Yeah, it was a great game. Now, maybe a little closer because USC was almost up three scores in that game, but you get what I'm saying is it becomes a back-and-forth track meet. Like, I won't be shocked if that's the kind of football game we get to given how uh, high-end these offenses are playing. Hold your thoughts. I want to carry this over and ask you this. Oregon's defense, where you're at on Oregon's defense going into this game, given what they've done the last couple weeks, the metrics aren't kind to this team. And yet I wonder where Duck fan is defensively because college football can be so, you know, shift from one end to the other of the spectrum. Defensively, what you made of Oregon the last couple weeks and how you feel about them going against this DTR Chip Kelly offense. We'll talk about that. we got Wink Cook coming up at 730. Dirt and Sprague back with more on the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dude, I asked you for the break. Uh, Wayne Cook, UCLA Sidelines, going to join us coming up here at the bottom of the hour. I'm curious to hear his thoughts on this one. He might lean UCLA. I wouldn't be shocked by that, but I'm genuinely curious to hear how he feels about this matchup. 
uh, as they come to Eugene this weekend for the biggest game in the conference, and it's it's not remotely close, one of the biggest games in the conference all year. Um, I, I, I asked you for the break defensively where you're at with Oregon because we know Oregon's offense is rolling, mm-hmm. and you could ask this question for UCLA, but I guess I'll ask you just from the duck side of this. UCLA's offense has had a good season so far. Um, they're one of the better offenses in this conference. Where you're at on Oregon's defense, because if you if you take Georgia away, which is you know easy to say, well, why would you take Georgia away? Okay, fine. But after that, you get a 14 to Eastern. You waxed BYU, only gave up 20. And a lot of those were late, too. A lot of those were late. Washington State was your problematic game defensively. The Cougs just rolled, and that kind of seems to be the anomaly for them offensively. Yeah, no doubt. Stanford was a was a late you know, amount of points for them. You were holding them down for most of that game, and you were dominant against Arizona. So I, I guess I ask you, the metrics are not kind to your Oregon Ducks defensively, but where you're at on, on that side of the ball. Well, some of the metrics are. That's the funny thing. Like, their rush defense is best in the conference. Now, again, you got to take that with a grain of salt because what you just pointed to, Oregon has led, outside of the Washington State and Georgia games, all of their wins by wide margins, and teams have not run the football in the second half, right? So they're only giving up 98 yards per game on the ground. That's easily the lowest in the conference. Arizona-Stanford two teams example here. It's tough because... They're not really run teams. They're not run teams either. Well, neither is Wazoo, right? Right. So this is why sometimes looking at numbers and metrics can be misleading. And the same thing goes for UCLA. You could say throw out the Georgia game, and I tend to agree with you, although some people can't get the 49-3 to score out of their mind. Like, it's hilarious to try and compare numbers when UCLA got to play South Alabama in non-conference and Oregon had to play Georgia, right? I think UCLA's numbers look a little different all the season if they had to open up in Atlanta against Georgia. They would have given up a ton of points in that game. Where am I at on the defense? I, I, I genuinely don't know at this point. I, I think they're pretty good against the run. Yeah. They're not great against the pass. Some of that is the personnel. Some of that is scheme. I, I mentioned it on Wednesday. Bridges has struggled a lot as your number two corner. I think Christian Gonzalez is one of the best corners in the country, and teams will target Bridges partly because he's not great and partly because you don't want to throw the ball at number zero. And I think two guys that will be key to keep an eye on because you saw them start to get into the rotation more as Bridges struggled uh, mightily early against Arizona are Dante Manning, who's a sophomore five-star recruit from a year ago, didn't play a ton as a freshman, but you've seen him get more snaps recently. And Jaleel Florence, who is one of your biggest recruits in this last cycle. He's a true freshman. And you've started to see those guys get into the rotation a little bit more. And so if you have other bodies that you feel like you can go to if Bridges is struggling, because I guarantee you, just mark my words, if you see number 11 out there for Oregon early in the game, UCLA is going to attack him. Like, that is going to be their game plan. We, Dusty and I were down at the BYU game walking around the sideline just chuckling like, hey, first play for BYU, watch. I wonder where they're going to go. Play action, deep ball against, bridges. So that's the way the teams want to attack Oregon uh, when they're throwing the football. The thing about college football, though, is, and I'll use a, a game from last week's weekend as an example, I don't think there's hardly any good defense being played in the entire sport, especially when you're facing an elite offense. Like, Utah has been traditionally a good defense. Look what UCLA's offense did to them. Look what USC's offense did to them. Alabama and Nick Saban have hung their hat for a decade winning national championships playing defense. They just gave up 52 points to Tennessee. Like, they got absolutely smoked. And so, to me, this game's not going to come down necessarily to defense because I think both offenses are so good. The rules are set up and such that they're going to score a ton of points. It'll come down to maybe can one of them get one stop here or force one turnover there. Is there one miscue here or miscue there? But I, I think no matter what, you just want to try and be a speed bump because both these offenses are two of the best in the entire country. Well, if it doesn't come down to defense, what do you – why? Aside from allegiances of just liking the school, what leaves you confident about Oregon then? Mainly that they're playing at Autumn. 
That's the main thing. It's just the home field advantage home straight field up. Advantage. That's it. Everything else is like, yeah. I think these teams are ident- nearly identical. Uh, yeah. They have experienced quarterbacks. I know the only difference is Chip Kelly's been a head coach longer. But Oregon has a lot of guys that have played meaningful snaps, especially at the most important position group, and that is the offensive line, which is arguably the best in all of college football. And you can lean on that at home. And if you need to find a way to get that one defensive stop late in the game, uh, you sure as hell bet I'd rather have it be at Austin Stadium than anywhere else. I know it's not tough playing on the road at UCLA, but you don't have 60,000 fans that are behind you, and I think the atmosphere is going to be great. And so far, I'm just going off of a very small sample size, but I think we'd all agree at this point there are four teams with a viable chance to win the conference, Oregon, UCLA, Utah, and uh, USC. And there have been two of those games matching teams from those, those, those four schools. Utah, UCLA, was that UCLA? Who won? The home team. USC, Utah, it was at Utah. Who won? The home team. And I think the home crowd at Rice-Eccles made a big impact late in that game as their defense was finally able to get to Caleb Williams. And I think Odson can have that kind of impact tomorrow. Most nervous, though, you've ever been with Oregon taking on Chip Kelly, right? Without a doubt. Yeah. With, although I didn't feel great going into the game last year because, remember, Oregon was – they were stinking up the joint going into that UCLA game. They should have lost to Cal. They should have lost to Arizona. I think all the goodwill from that Ohio State win had been burnt up by the time you got sure. to UCLA. I'll say this, though, um, and I don't know if you've changed your opinion on Chip Kelly. I don't know if I necessarily have either. He, he is building a model that I question if it's sustainable to have to rely so much on transfer portals, but maybe it is. I'll, I'll, we'll see how it goes for him. I would argue to a certain extent that there is, and this might sound laughable to non-Oregon folk, I think there's a hair more pressure on UCLA than there is on Oregon. Because Oregon is, this wasn't necessarily supposed to be the year with a first-year head coach, Bo Nix, right? not quite sure what you're going to get with him. Like, you look at the veterans that are back on UCLA's team, you look at having a fifth-year quarterback, like, you're losing a ton of talent next year because there are so many veterans on UCLA's roster, and there was a lot of pressure on Chip to get it done. Remember, he signed his extension in the offseason, and what did we all say? You're giving him an extension? He just went 8-4. and four. Eight and four is his best year at UCLA. And now he's finally got everything rolling. And they're in the top 10 for the first time, I want to say, since 2015. Like, this is a big moment for them. If they win this game, they're a, they're a viable, legitimate threat to make the college football playoff. And then what are we saying at the end of the year about Chip if he's able to get UCLA well, I, there? I haven't really changed my opinion on Chip. The one thing I've said about Chip is I just, you know, two years ago I'm reading an article about how Chip Kelly is still one of the more prominent coaches in all of college football. And I just... I'm just not there. I, I don't think he's ever going to duplicate the Oregon stuff. I, it's hard no, to do that in general. Sure never going to do that. And I, I don't know about long-term viability with it because I think college football is largely so driven by the transfer portal now. But I think you can always be good. To me, the measurement for Chip Kelly, though, isn't to be good. Chip Kelly is higher and extended and brought in to be great because he once was great. And if they win this game, they got a chance to be great. Hey, this season, they have a, they absolutely have a legit shot to run the table. At, it, unbelievable as it may seem because we haven't seen it done in conference play. But if you do that and you get to the USC game and you take care of business, I mean, you know, you're going to be in the playoff. It's that simple. He's got a team talented enough to do it. And so, like, I give him a lot of credit for that. It was never a he has no idea what he's doing. It's more just I'm not – I don't look at it anymore the way that I used to when he was in Eugene and then even when he made his journey to the NFL of like, man, this guy's ahead of the game. I think he's got a really good team. But it's also, you mentioned it earlier, Pat Forty noted how many players have 37 games of college football experience. It's an insane number. It's hard to have that much experience every single season. So when he doesn't have that, I think it's going to be a five to eight win team. It's going to be in that range. 
And if he gets seasons where his quarterback's a fifth-year starter or his running back is on his second team or his his stud, you know, target is on his second team and you got defensive guys on their second team. Like on those rare instances, I think it's 10 to 11 wins. And that's great. You'd sign up for that. I'm not convinced that's going to translate to the Big Ten. And I think that's going to be the struggle for those two programs in particular. Yeah, that's a whole other equation. Is the travel part of that, if they're not going to ex- extend that conference and just what you're going to do year in, year out against the Michigan, Penn State, Ohio States of the world. The rest of that conference isn't that great, but yeah. you have to travel and traveling sucks. And as we mentioned on plenty of times on this show, uh, home field advantage. But it's a great season for him. And it's part of the reason why I... I kind of lean UCLA and feel how I feel even without any strong argument. It's just the experience. I I don't think that's going to be an environment that anybody on that UCLA team is unfamiliar with. That coaching staff has a ton of experience. Chip's been there now. This is going to be his third time as as a visiting coach. He's flying in today, not till like 5 p.m. They're doing a walkthrough. They're going to bed. They're waking up and stretching, and they're at the stadium playing football, and they're leaving immediately after. There is no visiting anybody for this game. He might see Phil tonight. If you told me he has, like, a a meet with Phil for 10 minutes, I won't be shocked. But, like, there's no tie to this game. It's football, man. Oh, of course it is. And so I just look at the experience here, and Otzen is one of the hardest places to play in college football. I just don't know if this team in particular for UCLA is going to be phased by that noise, by that environment, because they've experienced it, one, at Otzen already, but, two, either they come from different places where they've played in loud environments or they've been there long enough. Like somebody texted in, it's hilarious to think Chip won't be ready to play at Autzen like he's never been there. I'm not arguing that Chip's not going to be ready for Autzen. Did you watch Alabama last week? Alabama is an experienced team with a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, with the best defender in all of college football. They had 17 penalties for 164 yards. Very uncharacteristic. That Alabama team has played in every big environment you could possibly think of. And what happened to them last week? Does Nick Saban not know how to handle a big crowd? Does he not know how to handle going into Knoxville? Like You you get caught. I'm not saying that Chip Kelly can't handle big environments or playing in Odson. Obviously, he's coached games there before. This is a challenge, and I might end up being totally wrong on this. UCLA hasn't done it all year, though. And I think it's one thing to say you've done it in the past. It's another thing to say, well, we did it last week and we survived it. Their only road game all season. They played six games. Five of them have been at home. Their only road game all year was at Colorado, which had 47 people in the stands. And so this is going to be a challenge that UCLA has not seen. And it's not about Chip not being able to handle it. It's about how does his team and how do his players handle it? Are there pre-snap penalties? Are there those little mistakes that you make that you don't make at home when you're comfortable because it's the first time you've done it all year? All right, let's uh, let's get the UCLA side of this thing. We'll talk with Anthony Newman at 8 a.m. Uh, Wayne Cook does sidelines for UCLA football. We had him on. I think he's one of the best football guys in this conference. He's probably going to lean UCLA, but I am curious to hear his thoughts just on the matchup what areas he's looking to uh, in terms of an advantage for one side or the other. Wayne Cook of UCLA joins us for the Daily Ticker. Don't forget, spray the line in an hour, so get those sponsors in at the fan text line. Wayne Cook is next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing. More at the beach. Daily Ticker time here on a Friday. Brought to you on the fan by our good friends at Pelican Brewing Company. Born to the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. And we were continuing on with the big game tomorrow, the one that we are all excited for. A top 10 matchup at Autzen Stadium between UCLA and Oregon. And joining us now is our good friend, former Bruin quarterback, the color commentator for UCLA football, Wayne Cook at Wayne Cook UCLA. Wayne, good morning, man. How are you today? I am amazing. It, it has the feeling of a, of a big week, you guys. Lots of radio, lots of talk. College game days coming, nine and ten team in the nation. Pac twelve actually is getting respect as a conference. I absolutely am fired up for this one. Dude, Wayne, I'm so excited. UCLA's gonna play in front of people. It's gonna be so good. It's gonna be so, so good. <laughs> hey, 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 come on, man. Hey, low blow. Come on. I mean, it's a little early in the morning for that. Uh, Jeez. Let, him have, let him have his coffee first before you start taking shots. That's even coming from a beaver too, Wayne. So you could, you know, I know just, that was kind of they yeah, got a yeah. half the stadium. I don't act like Oregon State's selling on I'm all their games. I'm picking UCLA too. I don't know why you I are. did that. I don't know why I did that. Hey Wayne, let me ask you a random question. I want to get to this matchup. You mentioned the the Pac-12 getting some respect. I love it. I think the conference is pretty good this year. you got four teams that are really solid at the top. Oregon, UCLA, uh, Utah, and, and USC. Yeah. And we'll see how it shakes out as the year goes on. And tomorrow's game will have a big impact on that. I, I Are you eventually, like, I don't know how many years this is going to take until UCLA goes to the Big Ten. Because I love having you on because you're kind of a Pac-12 honk. And we need more Pac-12 <laughs> honks that stick up for the conference. Is that going to change when the Bruins are in the Big Ten? No, no, I'm, I'm, come on! I, I played in this conference. Yeah. My dad played for Arizona. My dad played for Arizona. I, I love West Coast football. It doesn't mean that West Coast football is going away. And, and in reality, you guys, it's it's a brand thing now, anyways. I mean, I feel like we're less about conferences. Like people give. I mean, this is going to be people are going to be mad at me for saying this, but the, the Big Ten after Ohio State, and Michigan, there's like a huge drop. Like we've we've reached a point in college sports where if the top of your conference is good and you have one or two elite teams, nobody cares about everybody else. I knew Michigan was going to kill Penn State. I knew it. I mean, it's like, I'm sorry, but there's a huge gap there. It's like the bottom part of that conference, I'm like, really? You're going to say that's really good? Mm -hmm. I think think you you forget that, you know, if if Oregon State could figure out, and hopefully Gold Branson starts playing better because he's a Newbury Park guy, and I think he has been better the last couple of weeks. That's my high school, so him and Cam Cam Rising, I root for those guys. Um, but they're a good team. It's not like Oregon State stinks. Like they're a good team, and I think that Washington State's a good team. I don't think they're quite as good as Oregon State, but Washington, yeah, I know they they they're, they're still going to have a chance to outscore people and be a good team. So I just feel like this conference. I mean, shoot, Stanford has been terrible. They just beat Notre Dame. I mean, like, like, right? So the conference is deeper than it's been, and we've got good coaches in this conference now. The transfer portal has actually helped 
the Pac-12. So, like, I'm I'm on board. I I think the Pac-12 is really good, and as long as as long as we're still in this conference, I'll be I'll be fighting for it. And to be honest with you, even when we leave, I'll still be fighting for the Pac-12 because I hope it hangs around, and I and I hope I hope it it, it keeps winning football games because I think it's a great conference. Well, I love to hear that from you, Wayne, and we 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 love having you on. I think we'll still have you on even when UCLA leaves to the Big Ten. Let me let me let's not delay anymore. Okay, let's get into this game. I. <laughs> Wayne, I don't know football the way you know football. I've seen most of every play for UCLA and Oregon here. I go through the stats. Yep. I read different people's articles. I see the experience for UCLA. I see what the way Oregon's offense is rolling right now. I, there, there's really no rhyme or reason for me. I'm just kind of leaning in on the experience of UCLA. I think they're a slightly better team. I'm picking UCLA. Wayne, even with a slant towards the Bruins, you tell me when you try to examine these two teams in this matchup, what stands out to you? What's an area you kind of circle and you say, watch this side for either this team or that team? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm with you kind of. If I'm a gambling man and I'm not, I don't, I don't touch this game. I don't even think about it. I mean, if you really think about it, the last two games have been three-point games. Yeah. Okay, and, and, and so the, this te- these teams have played close games. Dorian Thompson-Robbins got hurt last year. The year before, we had a backup, Chase Griffin playing quarterback. I think Dorian matters in this game if you've been paying attention. He's he's so he's maybe as improved from from year one to year five as any quarterback I can remember. Just how much better he is at being a quarterback. Still athletic, still got a great arm, but he's doing the he's playing quarterback now with all that ability. So he matters. But to me, it's it's the same thing I said against Utah. You got to figure out a way to stop Oregon from running the ball. So to me, the front seven for UCLA. Which, which I know some of you have looked, but when you see a UCLA defense that's played Washington and Utah back-to-back weeks, it's still 33rd best uh, defense in the country. Uh, both of these teams have great rush defenses. Both of them do. I think you guys are like 8 or 9, and we're like 12 in the nation, which is really, really good. I just think the team that can run the ball, especially since we're supposed to have rain. I mean, right? And I, I don't know about weather reports in Oregon. Can they be misleading? <laughs> are we going to – I mean, I, mean I, don't, I don't really know, but it says 86% on what I'm looking at. So it sounds like it's going to be some rain the whole time. So I just think the team that can, that can, that can contain the other quarterback, because both these guys can break out and beat you with their legs, make these quarterbacks beat you with their arms. And I actually – I mean, I'm not – knocking Bo Nix. He's having a great year. I think Dorian's the better passer, but who knows what that's going to mean in the rain. Um, both of them can run. Both of them are having great years, but it's the running games. Yeah. Like when I watch Oregon and I, I could pick a, I could pick a running back, but it feels like whoever runs for you guys since that Georgia game has been really, really good. So the offensive line of Oregon is really, really good. This defensive front is the best UCLA's had in a long time. So to me, that's the matchup. It's, it's UCLA trying to slow down Oregon's running game. And I think if they can do that, and they've been really good at doing that all year, um, then, then they've got a really good chance. Uh, Wayne, you should know, it never rains at Autzen Stadium. Okay, <laughs> so there's no need, no need to fear the weather. All right? We're going to be just fine up here. Uh, we're talking with Wayne Cook, former Bruin quarterback. Uh, he's the uh, color commentator for UCLA, at Wayne Cook UCLA on Twitter. You mentioned the, the numbers on the run game for both defenses, the, the two top run defenses in the conference which both are going to need to show up tomorrow if they want, you know, depending on who ends yeah. up winning this game. Uh, but I, I've always argued, even with Oregon, like looking at their schedule, like some of it is a little misleading, right? Outside of the Washington State win for them, they've had right. big leads in all their other games. And so you're not going to get a lot of teams that are running the football on you in the second half. Yeah. And UCLA's kind of been that. I mean, I know they had the scare with South Alabama, but outside of that, I mean, they, when they're winning these games, they got, they're kind of in control, right? And teams are having to throw to get back into it. When
when you look at UCLA's defense, is the front seven easily the strength? How do they feel on the back end? Because I got a feeling, Wayne, that this is going to turn into that Alabama-Tennessee game last week. And if one defense can just be a speed bump, you know, not a stop sign, just a speed bump, you can find a way to win. How are you feeling as uh, about the UCLA defense as a whole? Yeah, I, I feel I feel really good. Although, by the way, last weekend was great, wasn't it? It was Those amazing. Oh, God, the Utah so game. The yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, such good. And I'm I'm hoping. I really am. I want this to be a great game. But you're right. Like even the UCLA game against Washington, UCLA was up forty to sixteen. Yeah. And so so Washington had to throw a ton, and we know they want to they want to throw anyway, but they had to throw a ton coming down the stretch, and we had a pretty good lead on on Utah for the majority of the game too. Um, but, but no, I, I feel the Utah game was the game that I look at for UCLA's defense because um, Cam Rising's really good. We know that, that Tavion Thomas hasn't been what he was, and he's having some issues. Uh, but they still have a good running game. And I, I just think UCLA's been really good. We brought in a couple of transfers in the, um, the Murphy twins, Grayson and Gabriel Murphy, um, who have been great, just absolutely great. We brought in um, Latu, Latu yeah. from Washington, who's actually turned into one of the best Russians in the entire country. I mean, that dude is you'll, – you'll enjoy seeing him play. He's, he's big. He's athletic. Uh, but it's, it's defensive tackles. You know, and, again, these are a lot of transfers, you guys, whether it's, it's Jay Talia, who we got from SC, or, or, or Sykes, or Gary Smith, or I – mean, these guys are doing a good job. And then we got another transfer in the middle in Darius Musa, who we got from Hawaii. Like, all of these guys – have contributed, and, and, and then you bring in a Kenny Norton to coach the linebackers who's been in the NFL forever, former Bruin, and Bill McGovern, who was a NFL NFL guy for a long time, who's now our defensive coordinator, and it's just changed what we do. I mean, we're, we're very, you know, pro-style defense, and, and with the way we utilize our, our players and the way we're really aggressive and how hard we play, it's it's just not what you're used to from UCLA. I mean, you guys, are, we've talked for a long time, and I, I would always say, well, offensively, I think we can hang, but I, I just don't know how we stop the other team. Right. I don't feel that way this time. I, I, I just I don't feel that way this year. I feel like this defense improved at the end of last year, and they've taken the next step. Is And we learned this last week. Even if you're a really elite defense, though, and you guys pointed it out, I expect a lot of points to be scored because good offense wins in the modern era yeah. of, of football. If you are a really good offense – you win, and if you have a really good quarterback, and the two quarterbacks in this game are both completing over 70% of their passes, which hurts my head how many players do that, because in my day, if you if you got to 60%, you were like elite. Now it's 70-something percent. Dorian's almost 75. That's ridiculous. Half of, most quarterbacks can't do that in seven-on-seven, seven, let alone with a pass. To me, it, it's going to be really fun to watch, and these these, these – and the team that can just slow down, like you said, become a speed bump from time to time. And let me throw in one more thing. Against Utah, turnovers mattered. UCLA's been pretty good with turnovers. This, and if there's rain, we know that a turnover or two with these two really good offenses, a turnover or two could be the difference in this thing. I was a little bummed, dirt. I looked it up while he was uh, talking there, and I wanted to see what Wayne Cook's record was against Oregon. Oh, he, he didn't play him. He didn't play him. He didn't play him. He really? somehow avoided in the Pac-10 days because they had that weird way where they yep. avoid him, but you were one and one against my beeves, so that makes me feel good that you lost to my beeves at least one time. Well, my senior year, things went south. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Dude, back in those days, when we went to the, the, the year we played in the Rose Bowl, the 93 season, yeah. we, we, uh, we had to go to Corvallis. And they and I'm telling you, that was one of the hard – and they were they were not good. That they was when they had you, uh, yeah. Had, they had Pettybone. We, we won like 20 to 17. And I'm, t- I'm not kidding. We ran. 
ran to the buses and ran to the airplane to get the heck out of there. It was remember the field back then was so crowned that I kept going over. Going, Why am I missing my out routes by like five yards over their head? It was like they were like three feet below the middle of the field. And then they played crazy defenses. They ran the freaking wishbone. I mean, it was a crazy, crazy game. So yeah, I remember that one, and I, I we got lucky. Yeah, you almost got pettiboned. Um, let me <laughs> let me get you out of here with this one, Wayne. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to pick UCLA. Where are you at? What's the final score going to be for you? Uh, my co-host thinks this is going to be on the over of like 69 to 70. Could be a lot of points in this one. Maybe there's not. Maybe it's a surprise game. What's the final score to Wayne Cook? going to matter a little bit in that, probably. Um, UCLA's been scoring 40 when it wants to, and, 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 and the game they didn't, it was a struggle. And South Alabama, believe it or not, I know they lost to Troy last night. I don't know if you guys saw the game on TV, but like Troy's a pretty good team. South Alabama's a pretty good team. That team was as good as some of the teams we played in the Pac-12, for sure. So um, I think it's like 41-38 type game in UCLA's favor. I think Dorian Thompson Robinson is the better of the two quarterbacks, but don't get me wrong. I have, I'm on what Bodenix is doing this year. I think the coaches are being really smart. And I, and I don't think people, um, you know, the crowd is a big deal. Mm-hmm. The crowd is a big deal. I'm curious. UCLA hasn't really played. I mean, our game is Colorado. Yeah. We've been at home a lot this year, so the, the crowd's going to matter. So that may come into it, too, on how UCLA handles the noise on the road. But it kind of helps to have a quarterback that's played for five years in college. <laughs> so hopefully he'll be able to handle it. A lot of experience on that UCLA team. We always appreciate the time. Wayne Cook, he's the color analyst for UCLA football, former Bruin quarterback at Wayne Cook UCLA on Twitter. One of our absolute favorites. Look forward to hopefully bumping into you tomorrow at Odson and saying hi to you. And uh, have a great call, man. Enjoy the game. Should be a lot of fun at Odson. Hopefully I see you tomorrow. It's always a great atmosphere. I love going to this game. Absolutely love it. There you go. Great stuff from Wayne Cook of UCLA. Almost got Pettibone. Almost got Pettibone, man. He's feeling good about his Bruins, and he should be. They're playing great football right now. It's going to be an awesome game. I got one other uh, note. We're going to do just a hair more on this game. We'll move on in the final hour. Anthony Newman will join us, by the way, coming up at 8 o'clock. It's a top 10 showdown, man. First one in the conference in a long time. First one at Autzen in a long time. Game day's back. A lot of hype and anticipation around this one. What does Bill Connolly's model say about this game? He's got some interesting things that he just uh, put out in his piece this morning. I'll tell you what those are. That's coming up next on The Fam. Pour the milk. Looks like me and Vincent thought you boys did breakfast. Did you have it? Part of a nutritious breakfast? Hamburgers. Hamburger. The cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. It's time for the morning crunch. A look at the tastiest topics in sports. Brought to you by Crunch Fitness. As low as $9.95 per month. No hassle, no pressure, no gimmicks, and no judgments. Morning Crunch, brought to you the fan by our good friends at Crunch Fitness, as low as $9.99 a month. Locations in Beaverton, Aloha Division Center, and Vancouver. Go check them out, crunch.com. I did not work out yesterday, but I still am sore from Wednesday, so I got that going for me. Wish me luck. I'm going for a run today. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah it's not going to be great. It's kind of raining. My knee's getting... Uh... At least the air's better, because I played golf yesterday, and then I got inside and saw that our air quality was second worst in the entire world. And the entire thought, world. Mm. This is, I was glad I was breathing that in for five hours. Now I'm all stuffy. I was talking and contemplating about golfing with you, and I, I kind of stood you up in terms I didn't text you. But I did. You totally did. But you had people that you golfed with, and I got to the point where my wife kind of gave me the go-ahead, and I looked outside. I couldn't barely see my neighbor's house, and I'm like, eh, I don't really feel like walking <laughs> in that for four hours. There was a few shots where you're like, ah, I kind of lost that one. Do you see where it went? A little lazy out here. A little lazy. Anthony Newman coming up top of the hour. Don't forget, uh, get your Sprague in the Line sponsors in. We'll, we'll uh, do some gambling coming up at 830. I want to read this. We love Bill Connolly and the work that he does at ESPN. We have him on often on the show, the SP Plus model. 
And he comes out with a preview and recap of every game throughout the course of the week, right? The recaps earlier in the week, the previews at the end of the week. Yep. And so he just came out with the UCLA-Oregon one this morning, and I, I loved reading through it. I wanted to go through a couple of notes on this. Um, one is that the offenses, while incredibly uh, you know, efficient in scoring points and moving the football, there's not a ton of big plays for both of these teams. So he looked at the numbers on the year. Both teams are averaging... 11.7 to 12 plays per drive, mm-hmm. which he says makes the fact that they both scored 40-plus in all but one of their games incredibly impressive because what happens oftentimes when you have to put together a 12-play drive to score, eventually there's a holding call or an offsides or a, you know what you turn the football over so you can get stagnant and get bogged down sometimes when you don't have those big explosive plays. So he notes that. He says for UCLA – uh, the biggest shot for them to win is in big play uh, prevention. They don't allow a lot of big plays, only 2.7 gains per game of 20-plus yards. That's eighth best in all of college football. He's saying they got to force Oregon to do what he highlighted to start the piece, and that is use a lot of plays to get down the field because at times, what have we seen Oregon struggle with? Offense in the red zone, right? A penalty here or there. They, 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 they the penalty it. thing was, was a real problem was. for them for a while. They finally curbed that against Arizona, but it yeah. bit them against Stanford. It bit them against Washington State. So he's saying, you know, Ben, don't break. Don't give up those big plays. For Oregon, he said if they want to win, it's about their defense uh, making UCLA one-dimensional. Fourth in the Pac-12 is Brandon Dorless with eight run stops or tackles behind the line of scrimmage. 33rd overall in rushing success rate allowed. UCLA's run game is obviously one of the best in the country. Uh, and his S&P Plus prediction, as we have highlighted, has the Ducks winning by 1.4 points, yeah. about as tight as you could get. And if you could gamble and you go to a casino and do it, um, I mean, if you're going off the Conley model, the SP Plus, which I think is over 56% success uh, so far in predicting it. That's uh, a pretty good number. They're giving you some points there. You mentioned the uh, FPI, the Football Power Index, which, you know, take for that what you will. You mentioned it during the break, 74% chance it's saying Oregon has to win this game. Football power index is, yeah, that, that it's over 70%, and that surprised me. Their spread, by the way, so S&P Plus is 1.7. Yeah. S- or, uh, the FPI spread on this game is 7.8. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, there's a, something going on there. It's weird. Different models, yeah. uh, for sure. I, I think about this, I guess, is it, what, what, what Wayne said, and I guess we could ask Anthony this, too. Wayne noted their defense improvement at UCLA, and I think he was dead on with that. What they were able to do against um, Utah and and UW, specifically the running game. If it is raining, and I assume that it will, if they can kind of bottle up Irving Whittington mm-hmm. and slow it down, can Oregon win the game through the air? That's a big question. And man. I think that's such an interesting question to think about. They haven't of, had to do it all year. Their run game's no. been so dominant. Whether that's with the two running backs or Knicks using his legs himself. So I, I think that's a thing to kind of circle. See how Anthony feels about that. Can Oregon win this game in the air if they need to? If UCLA is bottling up that run game. Can Oregon win it passing? All right, one more segment on the top 10 showdown between Oregon and UCLA tomorrow. We'll move on to some other stuff at 8.15. We'll spray the line coming up at 8.30. Get those fake sponsors in, 503-250-1080. How you feeling about this game? Let us know uh, at the fan text line. Curious where listeners are at. We had a poll question up at Dirt and Sprague. You can go vote on that one. Who you got tomorrow, Oregon or UCLA? Let's go to Anthony Newman, uh, former Duck. And we got to get a scouting report on Lakeridge and one Swig. There's a Swigard. There's a Swigard on loose. Football team. What's the scouting report on old number nine? Anthony Newman joins us to start the final hour next on the. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or. I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.